Yeah, feel it. Feel it in the studio. We are air drumming tonight. <laughs> Can you feel it? They don't love you like I love you. I'm Dean Young, and this is Inside Jokes. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, uh, welcome to an all new Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Your eyes can have it all at Hakeem Optical. That was, oh, I totally cracked at the end. Uh, we have three brand new first time friends on the show tonight with us tonight. We have in studio, all the way from Vancouver, Yumi Nagashimi, who has a brand new album out now, right? Yes. On 604 Records. Hi. How are you doing? Welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. You toughed it out. You came through this uh, harsh blizzard. Oh my gosh, crazy. Made it into crazy the studio. Crazy snow. <laughs> I'm so afraid that my some... flight will be canceled. <laughs> no, yeah, we just want to keep you in Toronto now. Yes, That's it. forever. Be- forever. Yeah. Uh, but of course, we have a new album out on 604 Records. Uh, this is a big year for you in general, actually. You're embarking yes. on a tour shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to get into tonight what some of the material is that you're spreading around across Canada and, of course, what people can hear on your album. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joining us in studio, we have Leonard Chan. Hi. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> also just struggled against the weather and survived barely survived coming in i almost died on the you way here almost died yeah you are the, that's the first time in the history of this show that someone has almost died <laughs> yeah. to be in studio with us if i died for canadian radio that would be the most tragic i thing. would say you know i'll give that a round of applause we don't have a studio audience that really would be yeah you don't want that as like your epitaph no oh my god <laughs> there are so many better ways to go just did just a, some I'll am radio in her in her wikipedia page though oh and then this comedian died on the way to an interview that Yumi was on. Yeah, you would have been like a bit on Yumi's tour. That's what would have happened. And we have Joe Vu in studio with us. Hello. Welcome. Hello to to everyone. I like everyone's so subdued until we play the yeah, yeah, yeahs again. Then you guys are all like air drumming and stuff. We need just background music all the time. We just do need background all the time. Yumi, one thing I did want to ask, I mean, you had a bit recently uh, that went viral. Your Japanese sweet bite bit Mm. went viral. Did you see it, Dave? I did see it. What did you think of it? I loved it, actually, but I wanted to ask you, this is one thing, and Sarah Silverman said this a little while ago, and I want to get your take on this, and of Mm. course, Leonard and Joe as well. Sarah Silverman said that, you know, sort of like the YouTube age and the internet age changed stand-up for good and bad, because those days of, you know, you take a bit and you go out and perform it, Mm. and you just hone it and polish it, and every night it's a little bit different, and every audience it's a little bit different. Mm. Now that's sort of gone, because you can have a thing filmed, and it's just out there instantly, forever, worldwide. Mm. For you, is that a good... I mean, obviously, going viral is a good thing that builds Mm. PR for you, and you have Mm. an album out now to plug and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think it harms the bit at all? Or do you think once it's ready, it's just, that's it, send oh, it out? Oh, yeah, I think it's good and bad. I totally agree with you. Like, it's good that it spreads so quickly and lots of people can see it at once. Yeah. But it's bad because, like, um, every time the bit gets better and better, but the film segment, like, the material stays that point. That is what it yeah, is forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, and I think her point was maybe it kills a joke. It's like once it's out there and that's it, everybody's seen it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to keep doing it in front of a live crowd? You mm-hmm. know. For me, like, um, I tend to 
retire the joke once like it gets like really viral yeah like that means like the possibilities like lots of audience has seen the material when i perform so like i tend to like not to do it yeah yeah I feel, okay. like, I feel like people want to see that viral joke done live too. Like, All right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. If it's it's their if it's their favorite joke, sometimes people like to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Actually. Yeah. Is yeah. that a name for you, Joe? Go viral. <laughs> actually, one of my, my my jokes went viral, and I I, I still do the jokes. And it's a bit that you still do. I don't do? have many good jokes, so. <laughs> so you just uh-huh. want to know, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and same for you, Leonard. Like, is that? Because everything I feel like now, and we'll get into this more after the break, but I think everything feels like now it's all about just getting a global audience. I guess know? I'm just really bad at social media. So like no- you are somewhat quiet on there. In yeah. A way. Like I haven't really nothing's gone viral because I haven't really put much out. Um, like I had one stand up shot on Reddit kind of go viral. But like and then it's interesting because then it goes viral and then you just get a lot of hate from people. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like so. Never read the comments. But uh, <laughs> that's, I think that's step number one. But also, like, I think what Sarah, what Sarah Silverman is talking about, I think, is when people film it against their wishes. Yes. Because yeah, if you're yeah. filming it yourself, you have some level of control. Like, I, we're. I, I mean, I can't speak we're for right. you guys, but I'm not at the level where people are like, I'm going to film this and put it online. This is like the new Leonard Chan bit. Nobody cares. Yeah. You. <laughs> it's at a point where it's like you want this to get floated out there and you want to present this to the world. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. It's true. She's talking about you're in some club and somebody's at the back with their phone and it's like, well, I was trying a new bit and it's untested and it's well, not even finished. Horrible. Yeah. And now it's just out there. Yeah. Like Louis C.K.'s entire set, I guess. Yeah. But he, Which was you know, garbage. But he deserved like, it anyway. <laughs> Uh, We're going to come back with more of this right here on Inside Jokes. Stay tuned. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name's Chuck Byrne. You're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. No, I'm not going to sing this time. (laughs) I can't do it every time. You have to stay tuned for the special parts. We have Leonard Chan, Joe Vu, and Yumi Nagashimi in studio with us. Uh, And tonight we're talking about, uh, just before the break, we were getting into sort of bits going viral. Yumi, of course, had uh, your Japanese sweet bite bit, Mm. blew up on the internet. Which is good timing for you because you do have a new album out now mm-hmm. with 604 Records. Yeah. And I want to ask you guys, I mean, we've talked about this on the show a lot lately. There's sort of this groundswell happening in comedy, in stand-up, where there's a lot of new representation in stand-up happening now that just really wasn't there before. I mean, we had decades of old white guy in a sport coat going out on the road and doing wife jokes, you know? (laughs) And there's a lot of new audiences coming out and there's new formats and festivals are embracing sort of making sure that there's more diverse lineups and new formats are being created because there's, I think, an audience now that's finally being reflected on stage that just wasn't there before. So sort of really in general, the face of stand-up comedy is changing right now. And I want to ask all you guys, like for you... How far behind are we still, do you think, in representation for Asian comics? How far is it? How far is it? Because <laughs> for you, especially you, me, I mean, talking specifically about female Asian comics, I mean, there's mm-hmm. really a handful of people only who kind of paved the way. I mean, everybody, of course, talks about Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. You know, more recently, you have Ali Wong. But there's really only a select handful of people. Mm-hmm. So for you, do you feel like there's still a lot of inroads to be made? Do you feel like it's still sort of new territory for you yeah i feel and then like there's no japanese female comedian who's like speaks like english as second language out there really 
Don't you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, can't, I, can't think, I can't think of any off the yeah. top of my head. I'm no. like, yeah. Like, Come on, back me up here. I'm not, I'm not telling lies. Yeah. Then we just like list off seven of them. Like, oh no. no. Yeah. I, I think we've we've come a long way. Um, like, I feel like shows are specifically looking to book uh, a minority, but yeah. we're at the point where one is enough. Like, they never book two. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we have one Asian comic. It'll be weird if we had a second one. What are we like an Asian show? Yeah, and then yeah, that's the weird yeah. thing where it's like this like tokenism that it turns into, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had a booker tell me that once. They said like we don't want more than one Asian or more than one gay person or more than one whatever because then they'll have like too many people talking about Asian stuff or gay stuff. Like we can't talk about anything else. Yeah. Like I'm literally yeah. just the Asian in the sport coat talking about wife stuff. Like, <laughs> like I'm not talking about Asian stuff. Like I mean, obviously that's going to inform our jokes because that's who we are. Yeah. But that's not what the jokes are about necessarily. Yeah, because your own voice is your own and your yeah. writing goes well beyond that. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's like the same as saying like, this is our one black comic. It's like, no, this is a comic who happens to be black or happens mm. to be gay or yeah. happens whatever, you know. It's like you're talking specifically through your own voice about whatever it is that you're going to tackle anyways. Yeah. Exactly. For you guys, do you feel I hate to say responsibility, but in a way as stand-ups sort of tackling some of these stereotypes too that are still very prevalent because i feel and obviously you guys know more than me but i feel like a lot of asian stereotypes are ones that really still have not been dismantled in entertainment i mean it's still very prevalent and accepted too straight up like i don't know two years ago i don't know you guys remember when chris rock was hosting the oscars he like paraded these asian kids out on stage these are our accountants and then sasha baron cohen made some disparaging comments about Asian genitalia, like on the actual broadcast, which yeah. is just absurd. And right. it's totally, and it's so strange because I feel like if that had happened with, you know, a, a really any other community, yeah. in a way it would have been like, no, no not like, allowed. Exactly, you know? like Jake Gyllenhaal came out and was like, black people are lazy. Like that's <laughs> yeah. the end of his career for three months. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even talking about, you know, talking earlier about how the Louis, the new Louis stand-up got leaked, right? Yeah. He had that whole bit. The, which oh, is like yeah. the most tired hack drunk uncle joke you know the it asian was, penis it was joke insane yeah it's such mm-hmm. a ridiculous trope like uh. yeah I, what did he say that asian guys have vaginas yeah yeah, yeah that's what he and i mean he's <laughs> not the most beloved right now to begin with <laughs> no. but he still has a lot of wait, people that heard that and wait, they were why? like gold what did he do? <laughs> yeah. yeah well the worst part isn't that he said it that everyone else laughed that's the thing. Right? That he was validated. That it was still sort of accepted and embraced. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is great. This is completely. So for you guys, is it like how much of a part of that when you're writing material and when you're going out on stage and now when you're getting festivals and we're touring and all this stuff because all these bigger things start mm-hmm. happening, do you feel that sort of in the back of your mind where it's like part of my job now is I get to sort of rip this stuff apart and, and tackle these? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Especially like Asian and female, I have like... Yeah. Double duty. Double for you, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think, like, Joe and I have talked about it a bunch, where, like, we're not going to talk about stereotypes unless we find some way to subvert it. Like, yeah. we can't be playing into the stereotype, because there are other Asian comics who do that, and it's upsetting. But, like, but I understand, like, because, you know, some of them are just kind of new in the game. And we used to do that, too, like, yeah. early on. But like, hang- Go for the low-hanging fruit, because we didn't have the ability yet. To- exactly. So we're like, we just, we're going to go for the cheap laugh, because that's, 
the one that we can get. And it's sort of, and I mean, that's how stand-up works too. It's like you start and you just do whatever you have to do to just be comfortable on stage and to get those first laughs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this momentum that you ride, right? And then you go and sort of hone your material and you figure out who you are mm-hmm. and you figure out what you're writing and what your voice is. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think any of us in this room, I think any of you going from the point of your first few open mics to you know your first album, your first tour, all that stuff, probably if you go back and watch the first stand-up of yours that ever got filmed you would cringe oh, it's <laughs> you know terrible. or even reading old joke books and stuff you know you would probably go back and be like, never again yeah uh, i want to get back into more of what you're tackling on stage and what what sort of stuff you know you're you're playing off of and tackling when you're up there right here on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto Hi, this is Kate Davis. And Kelly Fanson. From Best Before Show. And you are listening to Inside Jokes. 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight, we're talking to Yumi, Leonard, and Joe. If you're just tuning in, shame on you because this show's been on for a while now. Uh, Before the Right? Mm -hmm. They're tuning in late. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about, well, actually, the representation of Asians in comedy and and just entertainment as a whole and taking on some of these stereotypes. Do you guys see it as sort of, in a way, because there still isn't this, you know, you were talking, Joe mentioned before the break how, you know, you'll get booked on a show and a booker will be like, that's it. We have our one Asian person on the show. Yeah. If we have two, it's all of a sudden, quote unquote, a themed show. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... An obstacle, obviously, that all three of you, I'm sure, have faced and have to overcome. In a way, do you also feel like there's an opportunity there because there weren't a million people who came before you to kind of do your own entirely new thing and sort of pave the way for somebody else? I I feel very fortunate. At first, I didn't like it. Because uh, it was a little bit harder to get booked and, yeah. and, and be remembered. Like, even now, Leonard and I get mistaken for each other all the time. Once a, once a week. Yeah, once really? a week. Really? Like, yeah. not, not, I'm not even kidding. It's literally once a week. There was, like, uh, an after party where people kept on coming up to him and saying things to him to the point where I was like, just take my business card. And then after <laughs> when people are talking to you, just, like, pass them my business because they thought he was mean. Yeah. <laughs> but what I did is I had my own business cards in my other pocket. So then I would be like, oh, if you liked my comedy, yeah. you might like this other guy. Uh, and then my <laughs> business cards actually have my picture picture on it yeah. so then I would walk away and they would probably look at it and they would look at me and then they'll be like it was like that like sixth sense moment at the end when Bruce Willis is like oh my god I was racist the whole time <laughs> that's funny yeah. <laughs> I think and a lot of a lot of that sort of is like do you do you find that it's an opportunity that you're like Yumi good example I mean you are the only Japanese Canadian female comic in this country mm-hmm. so you have an album out now mm-hmm. you have a bit that went viral you're going on tour mm-hmm. How much of that do you feel like you're doing something that completely has never been done before? Oh, it's super exciting and thrilling and scary. <laughs> and scary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like I do feel like, you know, like it's it's about time. Yeah. It's about time, yeah. I have to, you know, give Asian women power. Yeah. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Make them powerful. Yeah. I thought, yeah. End it with the cackle. That's the best part. How much of your background plays into what you're doing? Because you have a very unique, obviously, experience that you're bringing to the table that do- doesn't exist in Canadian stand-up anyways. And I can't think of any American comics really either. Right. I think, actually, I was really lucky because I was born and grew up in Japan. Yeah. So that's why I have, like... The way of thinking of East, like Japan, 
and and I'm living here long enough to understand like Western perspective. Yeah. So it's like kind of like fifty fifty of like way of seeing things. So I can like make things more like you know, in a diverse yeah yeah perspective. Yeah. How much of your sensibility comes from that? Do you think? Because I mean, you're talking about you're talking about just what it's like to be a woman in comedy. You talk about sex. Mm-hmm. You tackle all these things that maybe have sort of a Western perspective. How much of your comic sensibilities actually come from your Japanese background? Like, what oh. what is the influence of that on comedy for you? Mm, com- ah, comedy wise. Yeah. I did see lots of like comedy in Tokyo. In Japan, but like the sense of humor are like so different in is phys- Japan. Is it physical? Yeah, like yeah. way more physical and more like kind of like juvenile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've seen Com- Japanese game shows. It's right. just all about people <laughs> like, getting hit in the groin. That's all it the is. Top, like, <laughs> do they have like two people on stage yeah, at the same they time? Yeah, have duos. Two oh, okay. Yeah. And like slapstick style, and then yeah. so it's like totally different from like traditional stand-up comedy style. Yeah. So like I don't know if. That gave me any too much of influence of my stand up, mm-hmm. but like um, maybe like I do like juvenile, <laughs> like like I like Tim and Eric and stuff. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The absurd. The <clears throat> yeah, absurd yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which certainly. Well, we have that in Canada, kind of. It's called <laughs> Quebec. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's French Canadian comedy. Yeah. It's yes. just like large expressions, yeah. props. Just colored for, suspenders just for laughs gags, yeah. For laughs, gags. Yeah. yeah if you have a slide whistle in Quebec yeah. you are getting a TV show that's yeah. how it works in Canada yeah and then well, you get and then you can make a living unlike <laughs> yeah. everywhere else in Canada that's the thing you'll be on the air for 20 years <laughs> yeah. as long as you can pop out from behind like a rose bush and go <laughs> and like that's it you but automatically physical have things are, are universal right so they play it on airplanes and things like that yeah. they don't yeah. need like sound or that's knowing true, the English yeah. language so it's international and that's why they do it mm-hmm. I think that's true that's totally true for you Yumi I'm curious like how how long ago did you foresee this? Like, I mean, it's a pretty... Being a stand-up is a strange job in general, I think we can mm-hmm. all agree on. Mm-hmm. But how... Did you ever picture this? Like, being a working stand-up comedian in North America and actually just touring around and doing something that really no one had come along and done before you? No, I didn't have, like, intention of, like, yeah. I'm going to be a successful stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did my very first set in 2015, October 20th. Wow. Yeah. So, like, that's... But it went super, super well. And then that's when I felt like, oh, maybe this might be my thing. And you know what? Actually, I love that you say that. And I'm curious what, what Joe and Leonard would say about this as well. We had uh, Alison Dore on here a couple of weeks ago mm. from from her own record label. And she was talking about, you know, there's this sort of older generation of comics. We know a lot of them. We work with a lot of them. And their view has always been, well, I see a lot of comics that are putting out albums, but they haven't been around for 30 years. It's mm. not time yet. I think that's completely untrue now because I mm. think that... As long as comics have tapped into something that nobody else is doing mm-hmm. and you're ready to record that and you mm. the audience response is there, like the timeline on it really doesn't matter. I mean, everything is about just putting out content now, right? Mm. The days of sort of just being like a road dog and just working town to town, it's sort of over. Everything mm. gets out on record labels. Everything gets out on the internet and you're trying to tap into a global audience. Mm-hmm. So I think for you, I mean, that's pretty amazing to go, well, I started a few years ago. But now you have this tour. Now you have this album. How did you feel? And I mean, for you guys as well. I mean, do you? 
how do you get that sense of it's time to record something? It's time to put this stuff out. When I have enough jokes where I'm like, I don't want to tell these anymore, but I want to make money off them still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get Very sick of that stuff. Wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> totally true. And actually, that's a that's a good point I want to come back with. I want to talk about the preparation time for this, for making an album. Right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Carmen Maximum Melville. This is Inside Jokes on 640, which is a radio station. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are talking, well, we're covering a lot of stuff tonight, I feel like. We're talking about Asian portrayals in stand-up, bringing new material to the table that sort of, you know, no one sort of paved the way for you before. We have Joe Vu in studio with us, Leonard Chan, and Yumi Nagashimi, who also has a brand new album out now with 604 Records. I think, I'm going to clap, right? Yeah. We have good... We'll pretend we have a studio audience with us. But we were talking before, 50 people in the background right here at Global. Uh, We were talking before the break about how, you know, I mean, everything that's happening right now in stand-up is reflective of sort of a new generation of comics and a new breed of audience, too. I think that's like we want to see something that we haven't seen a million times and we want to hear from new perspectives. And also we were talking about how sort of the older generation, the old guard of (laughs) stand-up comics in North America you know, they always had this sort of almost set of rules, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't record an album until you're X amount of years into the game. You can't go on tour until you're a decade, 20 years in. And that's completely different now. Mm-hmm. And Yumi was telling us before the break about releasing this album, you're a few years in, but things sort of happen faster now. Mm-hmm. What's the, and we are talking about how you'll, you'll commit this material to an album, record it or make it go viral. And then you're just sick of doing it. You don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, you've sort of worked those jokes to death and then they're ready to go and you record them. For you, what was the preparation like on making this album? Like, what did you want to, what material did you want to take on in this album? Oh, so like we recorded this album like over a year ago, actually. Yeah. And then that was like a few years in and then two years. Yeah. And then so wow. like it's more like my like, more like introduction of like who I am kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I talk about my mom, my grandpa, and then my observational stuff towards like Canadian people. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. What your actual experiences of coming here and, and observing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> observing how yeah, people are like. like? Yeah. For you guys, what's what what's the family response to you know, this is what I want to do with my life. I'm going to be a stand-up comic. <laughs> what was that like for you coming over here, Yumi? Oh, they're like, oh, like they actually, I wanted to you to be an actor. Not stand-up. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to be in a yeah. different art yeah. where you can't make Why money. Why don't you <laughs> yeah, become that, that's, actress? That's like, still like, an art. Yeah. That's <clears throat> still that's positive. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like because... They don't have like traditional stand-up comedy business in Japan. Mm-hmm. They right. don't know what exactly I am doing. <laughs> and another thing is they don't understand English very well. So yeah. they have no idea what I'm saying on stage, and which <laughs> is blessing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. But like, yeah, I, but now like, like they, they've seen like my YouTube videos, like mm-hmm. interviews with TV and news articles and they're yeah. like oh okay like i think you are doing very well like you know, <laughs> like they see how audience responding 
And then now they're like, okay. Yeah, they need the mass media to show that you're a big deal. And then they they can brag to their friends because that's what Asian parents need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they can't brag to their friends, you don't exist. Yeah. And it's, no, it's for real. Like my, okay, so one of my uh, best friends, like he, my parents and his parents are like good friends. They have dinner like once a month. And then literally like last Christmas, he said to me, he was like, oh, I was telling my parents that you're doing stand up. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, he's like, yeah, he's been doing stand-up for like however many years. And they're like, does he have a job? No, he doesn't have a job. He just does this. And like these old Asian people are dying. They're like, what? (laughs) Oh, you always hear about it happening to other people, but like never to somebody we know. (laughs) And then here's the stupid thing. Like, so, so my parents never told his parents. And then, and my friend recently got divorced. His parents never told my parents. So, like, his divorce is the same level of shame as my dreams. Uh-huh. Well, and that's what I was curious about, Leonard, because you made that sort of leap of faith that comes at a turning point for every comic where you decided, I'm getting rid of the nine to five. Yeah. I'm going to just make that move and see what happens. Yeah. You're a couple years in now to doing that. What was the reaction to that? Because you, you have a stable life. You are a married I, person with a family that loves yeah, you. Yeah, no, I mean, I had a stable that. life. Still, yeah. still, still married. Still married. Still married. Still married. Marriage uh, going strong. The love part, we're working on it. But here's here's the thing. It's like, okay, so I, I didn't quit my job. Like, I got... Like I, I got fired, but like, <laughs> but you decided to take this fork in the road at yeah. that time. Yeah, right? I could have like, gotten back and gotten like an actual regular job. Back yeah, in, I was an engineer. I have two degrees in engineering. Um, you had a fallback. Yeah. I had a fallback. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, I had already decided long before that I wasn't that I was probably gonna have to make this decision at some point. And then when they fired me, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Um, because if that like I'd already decided like I'm just gonna do the bare minimum, not get fired, and I just miscalculated on what the bare minimum was. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I ended up here. But like, yeah, no, I think it's, I think at some point if this is what you want to do, you do have to like commit. Yeah, because it's, you can't. There's no half measures. Like as soon as like I started doing this full time and committing to it, that's when a lot of things started happening, and it might have just been a coincidence. But like I don't know. Was that support there when you when you were kind of like okay, I'm just gonna go down this road now and just go with my dream go with my gut i mean sort of my parents they you know they're very supportive they're lovely humans yeah they're just like we don't know why you're doing this my mom's like are you happy and and then and then they're like i don't know it's just kind of like if if i think they have a time limit in their head of when i'm allowed to keep doing this yeah i mean i'm also over 40 so it doesn't really matter what they think but like (laughs) But I think that's I think that's what's in their head right now. Like almost that idea of like, well, maybe this is just a phase. Yeah, and he'll <laughs> go back to being pass. an engineer after all this is done. How about for you, Joe? Was it a strange like when you were when you're kind of like, you yeah, know what? this is what I love. I'm gonna see I, where this goes. I did, I did quit my job. I didn't tell my parents for a year. Yeah, like uh, I happened to live close to where I used to work, okay. so they would always come for lunch, and I'd be like, make sure you call me. And so I'd walk to work, ah, walk down so the funny. stairs as they as they drive up and be like, I just, and I'm always like, make sure you call me. Like, I'm very busy in meetings and stuff, so don't ever just show up at work while I'm not there. So, so I had to make sure I lined up like another job, like a part-time job. Yeah. Something like that. I had like um, a savings, like I showed them my bank statement. Like I had a full plan to oh present to them how I was going to go about this responsibly. You had this whole double life laid out just to yeah. do stand-up comedy. <laughs> totally, it's like a, a plan, and 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 I've been saving up for three years. Like I, I, I fell in love with comedy right away, and I just like had a plan on how to do it, and it took me a while, and then I then I quit my job. 
See, that is commitment to a dream, and we're going to come back with more of that. We have a comic in studio that almost died coming here to do radio today. We have another one that had a pretend day job for over a year. <laughs> We've never heard that on this show before. We're going to be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Rhiannon Archer, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on the Global News Radio Network, 640 Toronto, MP4, KW8, 905, 827, 6428. What now? What? 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 <laughs> Did I even say it right? Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our friends at Hakeem Optical. Your eyes can't have it all at Hakeem Optical. <laughs> Oh, perfect. That one was much nicer once I got some coffee into me. We were talking before the break uh, about, well, <laughs> diehard dedication to doing comedy. One thing I was curious from all of you, because all of you have been at this for different periods of time. You all have different backgrounds in this. I think every comic reaches a turning point at some point where you'll have either just the worst bomb of your life, the most horrible nightmare gig a brutal interaction with an audience member and you sort of you'll have one of these moments I find happen in stand up where you'll go okay this is where I decide if this is what I actually love and what I actually want to keep doing <laughs> you know it's one of those horrible like I remember my own experience with that and it's one of those horrible times where you you know you're kind of earlier on and you'll sit there at the bar afterwards and go Am I going to keep doing this or I could just walk away right yeah. now and I'm curious do you guys remember a moment like that where you thought I must love this because this would be a very easy time to get up and leave. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done poorly. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah, killing see? it. Just yeah. always yeah. killing. You don't you guys always kill? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've ever yeah. bombed. We None of us have ever bombed. No. no. Yeah. Never. I mean, you're all doing pretty well right now. So I, I would believe it's, that. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say, like, earlier you were saying that audiences these days are looking for diverse voices and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like not all audiences. No, not all. <laughs> like, some audiences are kind of, like, behind, <laughs> especially when I do smaller towns. Yeah. And yeah. for a while, I most of my original material was about being Asian and, and breaking stereotypes and all that. And then I started to realize that some audiences don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of diversify my bucket of jokes to do like more dirty jokes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. That's dirty is kind of like universal. So it took me maybe two and a half years to figure that out. And then I have like half like Asian material and like stereotypes and all that stuff. And then my just like bucket of dirty stuff for everyone. Well, and that's an interesting point. And I think Canada especially has that because, you know, the majority of this country is still very rural. Mm -hmm. It's still small towns. So if you're in yeah. a, a comedy hotbed like Vancouver or like Toronto, there's enough audience here and enough demand, especially now where you can have a show that is a specific audience. You know, it's you can have a queer show, you can have a diversity show, whatever it is people are there that will come and tap into this mm -hmm. yeah. as soon as you get out on the road in yeah. like small town yeah. Alberta or something. Yeah, but I think it's important that you do that. I think it's you totally, have to go yeah. do these small towns because that's really, like when you're on TV, that's who you're talking to. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you have material that is going to work in like Winkler, Manitoba and also yeah. Toronto, Ontario. You know, and the, I mean, yeah, like Joe, Joe was saying, like there are certainly types of jokes. Like when I'm in these small towns, I'm going to be doing more marriage stuff, like yeah. relationship stuff, that, you know, the universal, right? Wasn't there a place where you were the first Asian they saw? They literally, I was the first Asian in town. Wow. Really? Yeah. I was just like, have you guys seen wow. an Asian before? They're yeah. like, no. I was like, well, you've seen one, you've seen them all. And they, which they laughed at, but you know. Um, but now I have a great closer for like any time I do a small town. I just look up the one Asian restaurant yeah. in that town. 
And then I'm like, thank you guys. Have a good night. I got to finish my shift at the Golden Honey. And then they, they love it. Because yeah. it's like yeah, local so reference, funny. mild racism, just checking off all the boxes. Is there, for you, is there, when you when you find yourself in that kind of a setting and you have to go and work, you have to go perform, yeah. is there an anxiety to that? Or is there an opportunity there where you're like, I get to do something that these people have never seen? Oh, I love small towns. Yeah. I love them. They're so much fun because all the people there are so grateful. That anybody's coming <laughs> you to be do shaking comedy. your head like no. no. For no. me, like it's yeah. totally opposite because like I notice like when I go to London or like New York, they are craving for something different new. Yeah. And those yeah. people love me so mm. much. Like, wow, Japanese lady yeah. telling jokes <laughs> with Japanese accent. I never seen like they're like so excited and they're they love mm. like my set. But like on the other hand, like for example, I went to Sweden. Wow. A very traditionally white country. Yes, Yes. yeah. And then uh, they're like, oh, why aren't you at home making dinner? Like, you know, like, why are you doing, trying to do this? Kind of like the audience reaction is like, we want to hear like good old white men jokes. You should be like, why aren't you making chocolate? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why aren't you making cheap furniture? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, when you find yourself thrown into that kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. Have you, so have you ever had that happen, Yumi, where you hit, you know, because this is, you You came to Canada and you're doing something that, again, that nobody sort of led the way for you. You're mm-hmm. doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have that moment where you sort of came up against the wall and thought, what am I doing? This is crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's, so like, it's really depends on the area, I think. Yeah. And how people are forward thinking or not and then like, yeah yeah you know what i mean and then like it's like when i get on stage i sometimes i already feel like oh I, i'm not sure about this girl like i i'm like so worried how this set is going to go and sometimes i can win yeah. and then i can like change do you do you find that your dirty jokes work better in those audiences mm-hmm. or yeah, as soon as sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does, and yeah, I think sometimes like because oh wow, like they, it's kind of shocking, and they start thinking in a different way, I guess. But like yeah, but sometimes I cannot win, like when they're like, <laughs> no, I don't want to see girls doing stand up comedy, yeah. and then mm. if they're like really stuck in that mindset, like yeah. It doesn't matter what I say. Like they, they are not looking for me. It's your yeah. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. So it's a Star Trek reference. It's okay. like, oh, sorry. It's <laughs> like I, I sounded like I was speaking Japanese to you. I am not. <laughs> I am Chinese. But it's a, a Star Trek thing where it's like you're put into an unwinnable situation. So it's really about a test of how you handle that situation. Yeah. And I think that's. I think that's this case, like everybody, I think all of us have been in one of those situations where you're like, there is just no chance I'm going to turn this audience. And that's okay. I think it's what you learn from that. Like, I've had these situations where I go in, there's like 50 people and none of them care that I'm there. I'm like, are you guys ready for comedy? They look at me like I'm insane. So I'm just like, oh, this is not going to go well. So then it's fine. In those those cases, like you do your set, you do your time and then you just think, ah, I'm doing this for the money. And that's what you learn. And there are some things where there's just nothing to learn from it. And that's okay. That is part of the learning. That's part of the, and that's such a great point. It's like, do your time. That's like the Mm -hmm. mantra because you walk into some of those rooms and you can feel that it's palpable. Like you can feel the vibe in the room is like, this is not going to go well. I'm going to spend the next 20, 30, 40 minutes trying to win them over. But at the end of the day, you are once in a while going to have one of those gigs where it's like, I signed a contract Mm -hmm. that said 40 minutes. 
I know this is going to be horrible, but I'm just going to plow through it to my best and then take the money and run. (laughs) You know, that's it. And I think that's people always talk to comics and they go, hecklers, how much do you fight with hecklers? That's not that often, really. It's usually just drunk people. It's more like participators, participators. And you get like it's more just like suffering through a crowd that just is not hitting, you know. All right. We'll come back with more of this right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And tonight we're talking to Leonard, Joe, and Yumi. And before the break, we were talking about venturing out into small town Canada (laughs) and just working with audiences that just maybe aren't going to buy it that night for whatever reason. Do you guys remember like maybe your most uncomfortable setting you've ever had to perform in? I don't know. I wasn't meaning to look right at you, Joe. You're like, for sure, Joe. Must be uncomfortable Where all the time. Where did you have the most pain? Yeah. Is that called Kobayashi Maru situation? Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Kobayashi An unwinnable situation. Okay, okay. Yeah. I will use that term from now on. Because I feel like we all have had that moment and we've all, we, I think we all have a particular place, whether it's a town or a specific venue, whatever it is, where it's like, hope I never have to go back there again, mm-hmm. but maybe I will. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of these moments, Joe? Yeah, I'm not feeling good right now. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember the yeah, I was going to say. Right? I was there. A- Angus, was it? Angus, Ontario. Was it, it was, uh, it was. Um, oh, what a rough night. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great set, but it was. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a Legion Hall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I, happened? I'm, I can't remember. No, it wasn't. You know what? It was. It was because you were just deliberately trying uh, a, oh, a Winnipeg right. set, so you knew yeah. that you that material wasn't. Okay, so yeah, I knew what would work. Like the dirtier jokes would have worked, but I wanted. I was practicing. You're practicing for, for Winnipeg. For Winnipeg, and yeah. I wanted to see if it was bulletproof. It was not. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> He was like Fredo in in, in Godfather. And isn't that, in a way, it's like kind of a beautiful thing, though, because in comedy, it's like every once in a while you need that, those wounds, you need that scar tissue. And also talking about getting ready for a festival, that's the perfect, it's like how accessible is this stuff? Mm -hmm. How broad am I going? Because you kind of want to strip away that regionalism and just be able to go to a worldwide audience, right? So you could go on the road wherever, you can go viral, whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's like, I mean, as painful as it is, it's always, you always come away from those a little bit stronger, I feel like, right? Once you've decided this is what you want to do, I think. Uh, All right, Joe, where can we, where can we find you coming Um, up? I'm early next month. I'll be at Kingston all week. Uh, So I'll be, I'll be doing dirty jokes. Yeah. Not not my other stuff. (laughs) And, And just find me on YouTube or wherever, Jovu Comedy. Perfect. Yeah. Jovu Comedy, nice and easy. Leonard Chan, how about you? Uh, yeah, next week I'll be doing a run through uh, Ottawa. I'll be at the clubs there. And then, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Leonard Chan. And uh, I have a website at www.theleonardchan.com. And I'll be in Halifax at the end of April for the Comedy Festival. Beautiful. Oh. Halifax Comedy Fest. Uh, and, of course, Yumi, so you're setting out on an all-new tour coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Uh, so what's a little bit about this tour, if you can tell us? So we, I'm with 604 Records. Yep. And then we are doing this tour with a bunch of comics and then I'm going to Victoria, Calgary, Edmonton and Penticton. Ooh. And Penticton. Yeah. It's an exotic list. Yeah, never been there. 
Is that the uh, are most of these places that you haven't been yet, or is no? Pentic- never been to Calgary, never been to Edmonton, and never oh, been to yeah, Penticton. Yeah, Penticton. I'm not sure about Penticton, but Calgary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's right at the end, yeah. so it's like by then you'll be like, I had a bunch of good shows. Mm. I'm sure Penticton will be great. And of course, your album is out now on 604 yes. Records. Uh, what can people My name expect is to hear? Yumi is the title. That's the title. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of stuff are you talking about on there? I will be. Uh, I talked about myself. it's all about me yeah Yeah, what I think and what I feel about various people (laughs) 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 what Yumi thinks about Canadians yeah Uh, and of course you can get that that's available now Mm -hmm. on 604 Records and what's the best place for people to check for these uh, tour dates oh I'm really good with Instagram at Yumi Comedy follow me on Instagram Please. At Yumi Comedy. (laughs) Perfect. And now for this week's comedy listings. And don't forget to check out ComedyRecords.com for the latest releases from all of Canada's top comedians. And if you're in Toronto, check out shows at Comedy Bar. Check out ComedyBar.ca for upcoming listings. And, of course, Yuck Yucks Comedy Clubs all across Canada from coast to coast. And, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at InsideJokes640 and on Twitter and Facebook at InsideJokes. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Yumi Nagashima. <laughs> I sometimes notice this white people confuse me with other Asian women, and my friends say that's racist. But I don't think so, because face recognition skill is nothing to do with racism. It's racial familiarity. I have trouble distinguishing white people, too. (laughs) This is why I still can't tell the difference between Zoe Deschanel and Katy Perry, (laughs) Julia Roberts and Steven Tyler, (laughs) and Matthew McConaughey and brown leather recliner. Thank you again to our guests. Thank you again to Hakeem Optical. Uh, check out these live shows. Go and support Stand Up. Watch stuff on TV. Watch stuff that's viral. Download albums. Listen to albums. And most importantly, go and watch all three of these comics and all Canadian stand-ups live on stage. Because uh, there's a lot of good stuff that you probably don't know about. Just go support it. Because uh, this this country breeds a lot of great comedy. Keep it tuned in to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellana. Laura Bellana.